everyone. Welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So I hope everyone's doing well. And I just want to thank everyone who took part in my Gen Z and communication survey. I just think it's so important to always be keeping a finger on the pulse of what our generation is going through in the communications industry, because as we know, we are very special and unique as a generation. And so I think it's so important, especially you know, as I talk with my guests and get their, you know, experiences maybe later on in their career to really, you know, know what's going on with our generation as we're in the industry, how we're disrupting the workplace, how we're really bringing those innovative ideas and experiences. So thank you so much to everyone who took part in that. Um, But as for this week's industry insights, so last week we talked about all things American and by all things American, we talked about the Shawn Mendes, Tommy Hilfiger campaign, as well as the rise of American Girl Dolls with the help of Olivia Rodrigo. So I want to follow up on that to talk about how Mattel, who, you know, I think they own American Girl Doll now. I don't know if they always did. They just launched a family family friendly American Girl Doll podcast network, which I think is so cute and so relevant because, you know, as we've seen with them, they're really trying to elevate that brand to reach those millennials and Gen Z, you know, members who may have not had an American Girl Doll growing up or and really want to, you know, capitalize on that now that they have their own money to spend, but also those who did have American Girl Dolls and really reach that nostalgia factor that we've been seeing in a lot of campaigns lately. So I think this is just another great addition to that entire American Girl campaign. So hats off to Mattel and the American Girl team because I just think that's so cool and I can already see that it's getting some a lot of media attention. So that's awesome. And also, if you're listening to this, Mattel, I see in the, in the assets that you include in the press release that you have these podcast-specific American Girl Dolls. You should make a Queen of Calm doll. Just putting that out there. Um, but also, so that was the industry insights for this week. So if you have any thoughts on that or if you see any campaigns that you think are really striking, send them to me on Instagram or Twitter and I'll chat about them on the show and share my opinions. But I just want to share a few updates, as I always do, before we jump into this week's interview. So if you're not following us on Instagram or Twitter, like I mentioned before, you can follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. Then if you're feeling generous and you're enjoying the show, you can head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a five-star review. And also, if you have a question, a comment, or you want to go back to something we talked about in the past episode, you're really looking to hear about a certain topic or hear from a particular guest, be sure to head to the link in our Instagram bio or to anchor.fm slash Podcast slash a message to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, I may even use it on the show. So that's all of the announcements I had for this week. Um, But as for today's guest, I am so excited for you all to hear from her because she is just such an amazing asset to, you know, be able to talk to and hear about her career. Um, She shared such great insights, not only about the industry, but also, you know, just about her own experiences. And going on the theme of this episode, she is really an advocate for women and for mentorship. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview. You're not going to want to miss it. My next guest is an award-winning consumer and entertainment marketing and PR expert with over 23 years of industry experience working with brands such as the Walt Disney Company, Tom Hanks's Clavius Bass Productions, Universal Studios, Planet Hollywood, and Gibson Brands, which ultimately led to her founding her own PR and partnership agency, M2M. Please welcome Caroline Galloway to the podcast. Welcome. So glad to have you on today. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So, you know, I'm always so fascinated to start the episode with this because I love hearing everyone's stories. So how did you first get interested in communications? Okay, so it's kind of a funny story. 
and it wasn't so much a communications that I was interested in as it was the entertainment and broadcast industry. Like I knew from being a young child, that's what I wanted to be doing. Not so much as being in front of the camera, but that whole industry fascinated me. So funny story, how I got into it was the fact that my local TV station literally ran a promotion. You'll probably laugh, ran a promotion to attend, win tickets to attend at what they call the viewers party at the time. And so you got to go, if you won the ticket, you got to go meet the local talent and the people from the TV station. So I knew for some reason in my gut, that was my moment. And I sent in 150 postcards and I said, <laughs> somehow with 150 postcards, I've got to get at least two tickets. And I did. And so I grabbed my mother, much to her chagrin, had no need or want to go with me and ended up going to this viewer party and meeting the general manager of the TV station who told me I should be in PR and they had a PR assistant job open and they wanted to interview me. And the rest is history because I got the job. I got the gig and all because I sent in 150 postcards wanting to win two tickets to this party. So it is. It is who you, who, where you are and who you meet, but how you present yourself. So that was my ticket in, but I always knew that I needed to be part of this industry. I always loved and was fascinated with it because it's a lot of storytelling. And if you think about it, communications is storytelling, right? And so through that path, my focus was communications, you know, it was PR and marketing and all of that is about communicating your story. Yeah, that, that's so funny that you tell that story because my story of getting into PR and interested is that I won a contest from Fox Entertainment to go to the finale of So You Think You Could Dance and I met someone in PR there and they introduced me to PR. So I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits on that. Wow, I've never met anyone who had the same kind of story as me. And me I'm either. So, <laughs> you should be proud of that story because you know what it shows? It shows ambition and know-how and you're a go-getter. Who thought? That's funny. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that, that's so funny that we had the, the same story there and we're connected here. But um, so you mentioned that, you, you know, you got that first job for, by getting that PR assistant job. So, you know, what was your early time in PR like and how did that lead you to your career today? Well, you know what? I, like I said, I knew I always wanted to be in the industry. So when I did get the job, yes, it was a PR assistant. I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but I used it even at that moment to learn right? Because you're just entering, you're the assistant, you're going to get all the grunt work, but you're also going to get to be watching these professionals do what you know you want to do. And it was a great learning ground because you really had to think very quickly because you're in television. Things happen really quickly. You're dealing with a lot of different personalities. You're trying to be really careful on what story you're telling because of course you're not seasoned like the others. So I would say that experience without question was phenomenal in really getting me to focus on what I wanted to do. I knew once I got in there that I was in the right place. As far as the sector of the business and what I was doing, I always loved to write. I was a great uh, storyteller in and of itself with these crazy stories I used to make up and write down, which is also part of communicating. So even though you know, I was the assistant and I was still doing all the things people hear that you have to do. I was learning a great deal. And I threw myself into it. Like I think anybody would, that is really interested in doing what they're, what's in their heart. You know, I stayed after hours. I sat in the studio. I got myself involved so I could just learn. And I think I've 
carried that through my entire career because there's been a lot of positions that I've been handed and given and blessed with where I didn't necessarily know the background. But if you're open enough to learning new things and you're able to accept that, you know, in all honesty, you could do just about anything. So it was a great learning ground for me. I learned so much and it really truly put me where I am today. Yeah, that's such a great point you make about, you know, that you can always, you know, find your way somewhere by just, you know, doing the work and wanting to learn from others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about all the time on the show with other guests about how, you know, PR and communications, they're everywhere. They're in every industry. So, you know, no matter what interest you have, you can always, you know, find your place in the industry. So it's so um, cool to hear you say that you had an interest in entertainment and then now you get to work in it, you know, as you go along in your career and, you know, how you really built your, um, you know, your career experiences on that passion. Yeah. And my advice to anybody always is if you really have a passion for something and it doesn't necessarily need to be entertainment, it could be anything. If you really have a passion for something or in your heart, you know, that's where you belong, then you know what? Go for it. Nothing is going to stop you and you will get there if you focus and you have that passion in your heart. I truly 1000% believe that. Yes. You got, you got to manifest it. You do. If you throw it out there and manifest it, it will happen as cliche as that may sound. (laughs) Definitely. So, you know, speaking more on the entertainment side, because I'm very fascinated about the entertainment communication side, because, you know, that is my original passion. I may not work in entertainment right now, but um, that's definitely one of my passions for the future. Um, So, you know, you've worked with a number of amazing- You do have the personality. Oh, thank you. Um, you work with a number of amazing brands and companies um, like Disney, Planet Hollywood, like I mentioned at the beginning. So, you know, what were those experiences like for you? And, you know, can you talk a little bit behind the scenes of those for listeners and myself? <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. So first of all, I will tell you that I have been really blessed with never having to look for a job. Don't ask me why. They have just <laughs> shown themselves to me. And I think that probably goes along with manifesting, right? And it it truly has been how I processed things throughout my life. So when I was at the local TV station, and you'll laugh at this story too, because I think behind every career, there's some really good, funny stories. I um, got a call from the local Disney rep who wanted to do a promotion. And it was, it was just very cookie cutter and typical giveaway a trip, Radio and TV station promotes it. Disney gets to talk about their latest attractions and, you know, book your family, yada, yada. Well, of course I wanted to go. So I took the local weatherman. We did this whole promotion. We were down there for a week. We were doing live shots, et cetera, et cetera. I get back home and I get a call from Disney that says, we want you and we'd like you to come work for us. So I head back down there. It was unbelievable experience. And I will to this day say the standard of excellence that I have put myself into around for with guaranteed of is because of the Disney way, because that organization teaches you such a standard in a very creative, phenomenal way. The experiences that I had there have literally been with me since day one and have still not left. I find myself doing things that I learned the Disney way still to this day. And, you know, I was very blessed to be one of two people to go to Euro Disney, uh, sent over there to open up the park in Paris, outside Paris. So I got to live there for a very long time and loved every minute of it. 
so that experience was phenomenal. And, you know, when they say it's the happiest place on earth, I honestly could tell you it's the happiest place on earth. Then there gets to be a time where you realize that you have this other creative energy inside of you that's telling you to do something else. And I had actually negotiated a production deal with Clavia Space, which is Tom Hanks's production company at the time for a mini series that went on to win an Emmy called From the Earth to the Moon. And we did that at the Disney MGM Studios and they offered me a job. And it was one of those chances you take where it's freelance and you're leaving the comfort of an organization that's so well known. But I've always been one to take risks and chances, which I also think is a big part of success. And so I went there, got to work. My office was right across from Tom who is the nicest person in the world. I met some incredible people, worked with major celebrities who I've always viewed, by the way, and I think it's important for people in entertainment to understand this. I have always viewed them this way. No one taught me this. And for some reason, it's just the way I am. I've always viewed them as business people. I have not viewed them as celebrities. And I think if you're to work in the entertainment business and you are to be around celebrities, it is absolutely important that you recognize the business of entertainment. Um, so, so anyways, I worked on that for a year and then I went on to work at Planet Hollywood. I was hired as the head of global PR and promotions, where at the time we were doing a lot of cafe openings with the shareholders and major stars and et cetera, et cetera. And again, you have to realize you are there to promote the brand and you may be doing it through the popularity of celebrities, but you still have to remember the brand. The story is the brand, Right. Um, and then I was hired by Universal Studios, um, but then Gibson Guitar, I got a call from a recruiter, uh, and I'm not sure, in all honesty, Paisley, how these people find me, but they do. <laughs> they heard and good I, things. <laughs> I have been really, yes, I've been very blessed. Uh, so I called me, and I had never worked for a musical instrument company, ever. I didn't even know what the neck of a guitar was, and this goes back to what I said previously. Um Long story short, they needed a head of PR. I went down there and it was funny because the CEO hired me right away. And I said, you know what? I think I just want to be a consultant with you at the moment, um, which actually ironically, and it was not my choice, made me more attractive to the company because he wanted somebody in-house. Well, I ended up becoming their in-house, but it was interesting. And it goes back to what I said before, I knew nothing about guitars right? Knew everything about, not everything, but I knew a lot about entertainment. And so I pushed myself the week before I was supposed to start to go down there and sit inside those manufacturing plants and watch people make these guitars and understand what they were talking about when they said, you know, mother of pearl inlay and humbuckers and all those things. Cause I had no idea. I don't play, I'm not a musician, but that gave me an opportunity to expand my entertainment PR into music PR working with tons of artists and signature deals and negotiating those deals, but, you know, planning and producing events. I eventually ended up being the executive vice president of outreach marketing, which oversaw global 53 people, uh, which I'll tell you a funny story in a minute, 53 people in all these different countries reported directly to me in PR, in promotions and entertainment relations <clears throat> and, in, and in special events. And anyways, we did, so much, so much. I, I believe the CEO said that we increased revenue by 40%. And I had, uh, at that moment, by the way, I had inherited a global group, which I found to be very dysfunctional. 
So from a leader standpoint, you want to always look at who you're, who's reporting to you and you want to bring them into the fold and make them feel important and really try to understand what their strengths are. And that's what I did. And I'm proud to say that by the time I left, they were pretty cohesive, pretty energized, pretty successful team. Um, but a funny story, if you want to laugh, <clears throat> is at the time there was a time I had to work out of the house. And for some reason, I can't remember exactly why, but I was working out of the house and my husband is an award-winning cameraman. So he was always off doing some sort of crazy show. And this was one of the times, and I had a really important conference call with those 53 direct reports. Do you know what it's like to have a conference call with 53 <laughs> direct reports? Thank God it wasn't a Zoom at the time, right? <laughs> and uh, I will never forget this because my kids were home from school and they were small. And I'm pretty sure my, my son was three and my daughter was five. And I remember distinctly telling them, I'm getting on a really important phone call. It's a work day. Mommy's going to be really fast, but you have to go downstairs and watch TV and not do anything else. Nothing. And I get on this call and never forget this. And we're going over everything, all the months of events and the PR planning. And we're halfway through and I hear the phone pick up on the other end. This is when I don't even have a landline anymore. Pick up and all you hear is this little voice. Meanwhile, I'll never forget the German rep was talking. A little <laughs> voice from a five-year-old girl who says, Santa? Would you make sure Hunter doesn't get any presents because he's been really bad? Thank you. Hangs up. <laughs> I'm on a conference call with 53 people. I'll never forget that. Hey. But anyway, so Gibson was really interesting. They expanded greatly while I was there. And then when I left Gibson, I was offered two other jobs in the same industry. And I said to my husband, you know what? I think it's just time I do something on my own. You know, I have people telling me, why not do it? When you've worked in those industries for the length of time I have, you've garnered a lot of contacts. And I thought to myself, you know what, if I fail, I'll go find another job. Uh, you know, if you're entrepreneurial, like I told you in the beginning, you could just keep working. So in any case, I started and here I am still today doing the same thing, loving every minute. <laughs> Well, I just think that's such an amazing career that you've had so oh, far okay. and you brought up, I've been blessed. <laughs> and you brought up such great points, you know, throughout, you know, sharing your journey. And so just starting with, you know, what you said about treating celebrities like business partners, I find that so interesting because I feel like a lot of college students that are aspiring to be in entertainment or, or even recent grads, you know, kind of find that intimidating. Um, and so I want to get, and so I want to get back to some of those points that you brought up yes. before, but, um, before those college students and recent grads who are looking to get into entertainment, do you, what tips do you have for them to navigate, you know, getting involved with these big brands, working with talent and everything that goes into working in entertainment? Well, you know, I think a big thing is networking. So first and foremost, I think it's important to always attend those things on campus that allow you to network with people, right? Because somebody you meet may know somebody else and remember you a month from now, right? That's their purpose. That's why they're there. They're there to find talent. The other thing too is, Young talent today is super important because not only, I mean, I don't consider myself really old, but I will tell you that when I was young, I didn't have the access to all those great things in technology you have, okay? And so to utilize those for communication in a positive way, right? You have access being a young person today through technology to contact and communicate with so many people in the industry 
versus before, not to sound like I'm 100 because I'm not, you know, you <laughs> used to have to send the emails, make the phone calls, hope someone returns your phone call, right? You have all that access. But the biggest piece of advice I will give anybody is that if it goes back, if it is your passion and you want to be in this industry, do not take no for an answer because you will get doors slammed on you, right? It's a very, very competitive industry. But you know what? Someone's not going to slam that door and attend events, attend events that you think you could attend. And maybe it's not the typical event. Maybe it's a convention. Maybe it's a fundraiser. You know, maybe it's not the concert or the movie premiere or the red carpet, but there's a lot of key executives that attend those kinds of things in your own communities that you can get to know, right? And they see you and you may have to take that entry level position that pays really badly, but it's going to get you to that next stepping stone. And I'll end with this. Don't ever not believe in yourself. Seriously, it sounds very cliche. Entertainment business can be very intimidating. But if you go into it, remembering that it is a business, it is a business. Yes, it's full of glamour and big celebrities and hit records and all those things, but they're in a business. They're in just a really good one. And that's what it is. Focus on that. If you really want to do something there, you will get there. Yeah, that's such a great piece of advice you just shared, because I feel like there's always something going on, you know, on a college campus, like you were saying with those events. I mean, I was a PR and journalism major and I felt like through the journalism, like I got to see what the science department was doing and what this person was doing. And you never know, you know, people who are in your classes, what they have going on. And even through my work at the podcast, I mean, I feel like everyone who I've talked to has been open to share their, you know, stories and to meet for 30 minutes and talk and share advice. And so I feel like if listeners, if you're listening, um, if you're just not afraid to reach out, like Caroline was saying, and, you know, ask someone for their expertise, um, you know, ask them what their career journey was like, because more often than not, people are so willing to share their uh, experiences. Well, no, and I'm always open. I think it's really important to mentor young people because they're going to be your legacy. You know, one day I'm going to retire and I want to make sure that somebody's take picking up that you know, flame and continuing it. I don't want it just to go away. And so I'm always opening to helping people or hearing what they have to do or giving them advice. And going back to the college campus, you know, there's nothing wrong with, if you were still in college, you creating an event, you picking up the phone and calling someone because you have an interest in it, you creating that opportunity on campus for other people and other students to understand or get involved. That's a really good way to get your site in business too. Yes, yes, definitely. And going back to what you said when you first worked at Gibson and, you know, going to the factory to see how they made the guitar. Um, that's something too, is, you know, finding those opportunities to really shadow someone. Go, I mean, I know it's kind of harder now in the COVID age, but, right. you know, but speak that'll to someone, oh yeah, definitely. And speak to someone and, you know, see what they do. I mean, just from, I mean, I know internships are out there, but just in my inter- internship experiences that I had, I mean, I found some on campus, I found some off campus and those were right. much more important. Well, just as important as my classes, but I found that so many of those experiences shape the work that I'm doing now in the industry because I was able to get those real industry right. experiences. Right. And then you could talk about them. And when you meet the next person who you might have interest in and working for, you're going to be able to talk about those experiences, Right. But there's a lot of young talent out there, and I don't think they're being overlooked if you just put yourself in the right place. And it could be in any industry, not just entertainment. But don't let the entertainment industry intimidate you because it is truly another business. And so, you know, speaking about you starting M2M, 
So, you know, you touched on that experience a bit, how you want to go on your own and do your own thing. So what has that experience been like? I know you started in 2010, was it? Yep. 10 years. Who knew? And so much has changed throughout that 10 years, as we know. So what has that experience been like? Well, you know what? There's a few things. So when I started, I decided I wanted to be different. I had the opportunity and the knowledge to know what it's like to work with an agency because I oversaw them in the positions that I held. Um, and so I wanted to be really different. So I've, I've focused on being really different. And, and what I mean by that is from everything from our financial structure to our outsourcing of individuals to our creative way of thinking, it's very different than norm. And, and I'm really proud of that. And I will not stray from that. Um, so, so it was scary, scary at first. I had a family. Um, my husband's always been a freelance cameraman. so a little bit scary, but I knew I could do it. And I knew that my passion lied there for that moment because I had been in corporate America for so long, which was fantastic, but I needed just to see if I could do it. And like I said, if I didn't do it, I knew I could go out there and find another job, right? I would just push myself and do it because that's my personality. But the beauty of what I've been able to do is number one, I've been able to bring people along that have prospered and been allowed to throw their entrepreneurial spirit into the mix and make things better. Um, It has changed from when I started to now, truly because of technology, in all honesty, and new things that you must stay on top of. I join a lot of groups. I attend a lot of uh, forums, uh, trade shows, so to speak, not a lot, but a few. And and I try to keep up on what is going on in the world, because if you don't, you're not going to succeed. You know, the big thing right now in entertainment is, I don't know if you've heard of them, are NFTs and cryptocurrency and blockchain and metaverse and all those things. And those are the kinds of things you've got to learn and throw yourself into to stay on top. But the biggest, the biggest challenge, I think, is always maintaining a certain level of prosperity because you have people that report to you that you have to support and yourself and your family but also being creative in a way you think, we think very non-traditional, I think. So for instance, um, if, if, if your idea of a PR and communications plan is simply writing a story and getting it placed in media, which is very important, that's traditional. We have always here taken that to a different approach. So if you were to come to me and say, Caroline, I would like you to do a story on you know, a new garden I'm growing. Well, it wouldn't just be the story placed in media. There would be a lot of non-traditional components to it. There would be all the social media and all those things, but then there would be probably some sort of involvement with technology. There would be some sort of involvement with a spokesperson. There would be some sort of involvement with you appearing in an event. All those things are part of a PR communication plan. But as far as starting my own agency, I have, like I said before, I've been blessed. It has been successful. I'm really proud of it. I'm glad I did it. You know, take the risk when you can. You'll know, you'll know throughout your career when you can take that risk. One of my bosses, and then I'll be quiet on that subject. One of my bosses <laughs> throughout my tenure told me once, we were sitting in a meal, I'll never forget. And I'll never forget, he said this to me. He said, you know, the most successful people take risks. Because um, we were talking about moving the offices to Europe. And uh, he goes, you know, those are the people, those are the people that really succeed because you take a risk and you don't know what's ahead of you. And it is true. So yeah, hope that answered your question. Oh, yes, definitely. And yeah, it is so important to take those risks. I mean, 
you know, besides my work as a student when I first started this podcast and then now being uh, working at a PR agency and being in the industry, it's definitely, uh, it was definitely a risk to start this podcast and talk about my work and everything. So I definitely, um, you know, can relate on that aspect. But, you know, you talked about how, you know, you have to have that holistic approach to a communications campaign nowadays. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many of these different avenues, whether it's TikTok or Instagram Reels and, you know, who's on top and everything. So I wanted to ask you, you know, in your opinion, from your experiences working, you know, for these big companies and then with your own agency, what is the key to success with a campaign that involves talent and especially by today's standards with influencers, you know, infiltrating all these communications campaigns? Well, you know, that's a really interesting question because every talent is different, right? Um, and every talent is at a different level, right? Um, so I think today, not only is it obviously expanding the storytelling to infiltrate all of those traditional and non-traditional avenues of getting attention, it's controlling the message, right? Because if you don't control the message, especially with social media, Everyone's an expert today, right? In their own way. And if you don't control the message and you stay focused on that, it could very well go awry. So for instance, if you were to launch a new celebrity release, musical release, right? And you didn't have that plan intact and know how you were gonna approach it, it could very well bomb on social media. And before you know it, it's a dead thing. So, but if you're controlling the message and you're, you're pushing out the points that are interesting and make sense, and you're launching at a time that's right and makes sense, maybe on a platform that makes more sense for one than the other, maybe on a show, um, then you're, you're okay. But you have to really look at that entire plan with all those elements now. You can't just go into something as a singular launch, if that makes any sense, a singular story, because there are so many other elements that take place. For instance, TikTok right? If you're going to launch your video and you're going to put it on TikTok, or you're going to do a behind the scenes fun video on TikTok so everybody sees it and you get excited, um, you know what? It better be right. And it better still be part of the message. Don't go do one thing here and another thing there. You know, we just raised um, $2 million for musicians in need because I, I'm actually part of Music Rising, which is a charity that we founded in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. And it was founded by Edge from U2 and Bob Ezrin, who's a legendary producer, myself and some music industry people. And we've gone on to raise all this money, but we just raised $2 million for musicians that have suffered from the pandemic. And that was a very focused story, but we used all the elements of marketing and communications. We told the story, we did television interviews, we did radio interviews. We pushed it out on social media. We supported it by some digital ads. Um, we made appearances, right? And then we did the post story, but we controlled the message. And then we brought in all the parties that were involved. So you have YouTube management, you have Music Rising, you have Bob Esmond's production company, right? You have the media. And so, you know, if you're controlling that message, all those elements work. And the other thing, and then I'll end is, always have one voice and it goes back to controlling the message. So if you're doing a project maybe of that caliber or even a smaller one or a larger one, you want one voice. And what I mean by that is you don't want 17 talking heads, right? You could have one voice through two people, one voice through three people, maybe it's not typical, but that one voice has the same message. And so you stay consistent. 
no matter what the platform, because there is so much out there now that you can be putting your message on, but you got to be careful. Yeah, that's so, so think it through. It's very simple. That's so interesting that you say, you know, controlling the message, because I feel like everyone who I've been interviewing lately has been bringing up being intentional and being targeted in your messaging and, you know, know knowing your audience. And um, right. I, as I was talking to with another guest, you know, through the pandemic, everyone was looking for that, you know, transparency. They want to see behind the curtain. You know, that's why TikTok became so famous. And now because they've garnered these audiences, they're really looking for that, you know, intentional messaging. And so an example of music who I think has been doing a great job with her PR and marketing campaigns is Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, just mm -hmm. her journey of how she became big just because of these social media moments and how she kind of took over every single platform we had out there. I just think she's her team, I should say, is doing such right. a great job with her PR and marketing. And I think that translates into what we saw with the Super Bowl as well. I mean, every commercial had some sort of yes. celebrity there they were connected to the brand you know so they had some way of getting into these brand avenues and so I just find it so fascinating on that aspect as well as you know how brands are now being strategic and who they're picking to you know be their spokesperson like you said of having that same voice but do you understand it's so so you understand you know there's this umbrella right and I always tell people parent communications is far more than just placing a story it's all those things but all that same message has to travel through those things and yes. you've got to be able to control that, um, which is not hard to do if you really focus and you all agree on the message, right? And that goes from talent to producer to writer to publicist. So um, yeah, but you got a lot more avenues to go through today than you did 10 years ago. Oh, definitely. And I, I just saw a TikTok yesterday of, um, I think it was the Rocket Mortgage team, but mm -hmm. this girl who worked in there, uh, marketing department she was showing like behind the scenes of how they come up with all their tweets and how they make sure they're all on the same page and that they're using the same voice and the same wow. sort of language that. yeah right and so I just found that so, fascinating so internal well. communication yeah com internal communications with your team is just as important right oh, yes as that whole external process you go through yes de definitely and always be transparent even in a time of crisis you know I recently handled a crisis management situation. The best is to be transparent. If you did something wrong, admit it and fix it or say you're going to fix it and try. If you didn't do something wrong, say you didn't do it and you stand by your word. And, and you know, those are the things that you want to come out and you want to be transparent. Yeah, because the best way. And that goes back to the social media as well, because people are in the comments. They're waiting to hear, you know, what the what the yep. resolution is they they want a certain solution so yeah definitely listening to your audience and being transparent I definitely agree right. with that and so speaking more on the mentorship side so I know you love mentoring as you mentioned before and you know you're involved in a number of organizations so what is the key to a successful relationship with a mentor and a mentee because sometimes you know I think that you know listeners who are in college or just recent grads who are trying to find their way in the industry can find it intimidating to, you know, maybe talk to someone who's not their boss, you know, um, for mentorship opportunities and how they can really connect with someone and keep that relationship going. Yeah. Well, I think it's a mutual respect because everybody I've always believed brings something to the table, be it that you're older, that you're younger, that you're experienced, that you're not, everyone has ideas. They may not always be the right ones or the ones you're looking for, but if you have mutual respect for the mentor and the mentee, then you know what, you're there for a purpose. You are there to either help each other achieve something, achieve a goal, or you're there to help each other achieve their own goals, right? I've always had this mantra and it's not anything I made up and other people have said it, is that you hire the best people around, right? 
to do their jobs and they make you look good. And that's really what a mentor and a mentoree is doing. One is allowing the other to eventually look good to somebody else. But more importantly, everyone brings an idea. And I, I so wholeheartedly believe that to this day. Even when you're sitting in meetings, you have to deal the same way when you're mentoring someone. You may think you know everything, and then all of a sudden, this person you're mentoring brings up a better idea. Well, you know what? That's really good for business, right? The other thing that everyone has to remember, too, is there's nothing to be intimidated about a mentor because you're working with that mentor to learn, right? And you're working with that mentor to perhaps get placed in the industry. You're working with that mentor to get insight. That's a whole learning experience. There's nothing to be intimidated about that, right? That person that's mentoring you at one time was a mentor, mentee, right? And so the reality of it is, is there should be no intimidation. There is an equal value there because each person brings a different idea. And, you know, by golly, if you're sharing ideas, you're going to succeed, right? My advice for somebody seeking out a mentor is definitely seek one out in the industry you have an interest in or that you have knowledge of. Don't put yourself in a position of being mentoring with somebody that you have absolutely no interest in because someone told you to do it, right? Don't put yourself in a position of being mentored by somebody because somebody told you that person was really important. Do your research, right? Don't be intimidated and, and just be yourself. That's the best way. I've mentored a lot of women and men too. I've, I've mentored a lot of people and it could be mentoring as simple as just giving them advice, right? or mentoring them on how to do something specific, or mentoring them on how to get inside the door, whatever the case may be, you know, both of you are there for just as an important purpose. And somebody, you, if you're seeking out a mentor, you have to remember that you're bringing something to the table. That's the most important thing, I think. Yeah, I, I love that outlook. That you, people, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but some of the people that I've mentored have actually come to work for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I love the outlook that you have on that relationship because, you know, sometimes it's kind of um, scary to think that, oh, it's like, oh, they're going to judge me because I don't have any experience. I feel like, you know, younger students feel that way, but definitely of course. From the people who I've talked to, who I've asked for advice or through the podcast, or even I had a mentor through uh, PRSSA um, in college, yeah. so it was just such a give and take. I mean, you know, like we we're talking about before, like our, well, this is before the recording, but we we're talking about how, you know, our generation is going to have such different skills because we had to adapt because of the pandemic and, right. but we are changing the workforce and there's going to be so many new things to know with social media and you can bring that to the table. So definitely, I love that you shared the outlook on that and to make people not feel intimidated. No. And if you're seeking out a mentor and someone is willing to mentor you, you should realize that, that you bring just as important, important part to that equation because they're mentoring you. You know, God forbid something happened to me. I truly believe this. God forbid something happened to me. I want somebody to be able to pick up exactly where I left off. And part of that is mentoring people. So that happens, right? If someone doesn't treat you well, if you're being mentoring, then you need to find another mentor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And yeah, I, I, I feel like that's, you know, we never want anyone toxic in the industry, you know, gatekeeping any information no. or anything. They're all going to be there. You're not going to get away yeah. from that. Yeah. But you and, both bring equal value just on different levels and different ideas. Yes. And so kind of going off that point, you know, if you could go back in time to when you first started knowing what you know now from your career so far, what would you tell yourself just starting out something that you'd want to know, you know, knowing with all the information you've had throughout your career? 
don't tell the PR director who hired you as a PR assistant at the local TV station that you know shorthand because he'll call you into <laughs> the office and dictate you a letter. And shorthand is like an ancient whatever, I don't even know, talent that I knew nothing <laughs> of. But I decided to tell him I knew of because I figured if I was sitting in front of him, I could just write really fast. Well, I will tell you that the first time he asked me, he never asked me again. So I think, <laughs> but no, I would tell I would tell people the same thing as I tell everyone. What I've told you earlier is that if you have a passion and that fires inside of you and you know, that's what you want to do. There's no reason to give up. And also don't overlook the obvious, right? So for instance, let's say you always want to be in music. Okay. Well, there could be an obvious opportunity for you right in front of you without making this up a technology company that has their arms in music that could lead you to the next music gig you want, right? So don't overlook the obvious. Stick with your passion as cliche as it sounds. It may not come to you right away. And don't feel bad about seeking out people and asking them questions. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I love that advice you just shared because, you know, like we we're talking about before too with how communications is in every industry. And like you just said with, you know, tech and music, for example, um, you know, you never know who's going to be involved in some industry after graduation, right. from a job that you work with, you know, everyone has their hands in all these different places and different projects. And so, you know, they really, you know, look for people who are passionate, like you were talking about. And so um, one final thing that I wanted to ask you, and I asked this to all my guests. So my show is all about women's empowerment. And so someone who really inspires me is Sophia Amoruso. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, um, but she's yep. the fa yes. Um, so I love to do this in inspiration to her and ask all my guests who their favorite girl boss is. So Caroline, who is your favorite girl boss? And it can be more than one because we've had that before. Well, no, I'm going to tell you one, and it's probably not going to, at first it's not going to register as a girl boss, but I'm going to tell you why I say her name. So I'm going to say Michelle Obama. And the reason I say that is here's a woman, right? Who basically for all her women in the positions of which she's held have been in the shadow right? There were certain ways they had to act and there were certain ways that they had to do things and there were certain things they weren't allowed to be involved in. But here is a woman who I truly believe, well, everyone does now, <laughs> that stood on her own, right? Through one of the most engaging, in my opinion, and fascinating presidencies ever. She was different. And so then she leaves that life and she has profoundly affected other women in all kinds of sectors, right? Mm -hmm. And it's never gone back to her and someone else. It's never gone back to, she did this because she was told to do this. I mean, if you even look at her while they were in the White House, she stood up and passed legislation on her own, right? She got up and said things and did things no other woman did. That is empowering. And that to me is an incredible woman, an incredible female leader. But here's the better thing. She left that. And, and if you really think about it, there are many women who leave those platforms and live a great life. She's gone on to do some incredible things and has never, ever, at least from what I've seen, lost her focus, her passion, and her desire to do good. And to me, that is phenomenal because that was a woman who had all, all kinds of things against her and it never stopped her. So I've met tons of people in my life and I've been so blessed. 
celebrity and non-celebrity. But every time someone asks me, who is that one person you wish you could meet? It would be Michelle Obama. I think she is an incredible example of what an empowered woman should be. Yes. Yes. Michelle is definitely a girl boss and something I always say, and I feel like I say this at the end of every episode, but I love this question because you just hear about such incredible women. And of of course, many of us know Michelle Obama, but there's also people have shared who I've never heard of, who I go and look up right after this. And and there's tons. Yes. Yes. And Michelle has that great quality of pivoting. And that's something I talk about all the time with this question as well, is that like a good girl boss knows how to pivot, you know, getting into these different industries, how to stand up for herself, you know, know how to deal with these unexpected situations. And I feel like, like you were saying, she's handled that so well and taking control of her brand. And that's something I truly admire. Yeah. And anybody, yeah, it doesn't have to be Michelle Obama. There's plenty of names out there that we may not know as famously as that, but uh, she's a great example of what a woman can be. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. I, I think that too. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing well, all of your wisdom. Of course. And, you know, you shared such great tips and wisdom and I'm just so grateful to have, you know, guests like you come on the show and share Anytime. your stories. Well, you let me know if anybody needs mentored, you let me know if you ever need a gig in PR and we'll <laughs> take it from there. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.